Another another digital another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. It is that time of week again. It's another digital citizen. Hello, my name is Fro. With me I have Luke. Hi Luke. Hi Fro, hi everybody. How's it going? It is going okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not in the worst kind of mood. I'm not in the best kind of mood. I am just okay. Well, th that's not bad then. I mean, it could be worse, I suppose, but it could also be better, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to look at it that way, I guess. There's no no silver lining in this one. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's been kind of a weird, weird and hectic week. Uh, been to the dentist again. That is definitely my favorite thing to do. Right, yeah. Uh, that takes, like, it takes me three days to go to the dentist. So, uh, for people that doesn't know, I am, like, I'm not there when it comes to <laughs> the dentist. I, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Uh, I would rather kiss my mom than uh, go to the dentist. So that's saying something. I um, don't. I don't. I think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people hate the dentist. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and I even think some people are on the same level as you, where it's like you dread going to the dentist. Like a full day before, you're like, "Oh, fucking, I gotta go yeah. to the dentist." Like, I, there are people. You're not alone in that. You know what I mean? So don't feel like it's like you're weird or anything. But I mean, I don't like no. the dentist. It's not like I enjoy. It's not like I'm like, man, I can't wait to get to the dentist. That's not. <laughs> but I wouldn't say I like dread the dentist. Like when I get there, I kind of like try to take myself out of my body and just be like, just um, act. Yeah, exactly. Just totally leave myself, <laughs> and then like when they are done, I just like try to. Uh, come back, I guess, in a way. That's what I try yeah. to do at the dentist. And then, but then the fucking dentist person or the the nurse or whatever is always asking you questions. And I'm like, first of all, you got your hands in my mouth. How am I supposed to answer your fucking questions? Mm -hmm. And second of all, I'm trying to leave my body here. <laughs> you know, I I have three, four meltdowns in the dentist chair. I have to take breaks. Right. Uh, it takes two hours to do. Uh, what it takes like one hour to do with no normal people. Some dentist always like sets extra time apart so we don't have to rush anything. Uh, and uh, then yeah, then the day after I'm like I'm destroyed. I'm done. I'm like I'm. I used all my energy to go to the dentist, and then I feel like yeah the, the, and the weather has been so changing uh, like all of a sudden it has like snowed a little in Norway and things like that so yeah it's fall time it's winter it definitely <sighs> all the trees are changing that's nice here at least uh, in Oregon all the trees are changing mm -hmm. color so they're all pretty when you go outside and everything but then I have allergies, so all those leaves end up getting mold all over them, which causes me to sneeze and cough all over the place. So it's pretty, it's a pretty uh, annoying thing for me, is what it is. Yeah, and then, then this Norway thing, because gosh, we need to talk about it. All of a sudden, my dad calls me out of nowhere, and he goes like, have you seen the news? And I was like, no. There's uh, a wild man around in Norway shooting people with 
bow and arrow. And I go, really? Yeah, this was <laughs> big news <laughs> here in America what as well. What is going on? I think it was more big news everywhere because of like the absurdity of like a bow and arrow. Yeah. Like more than anything else. I mean, obviously, there isn't a lot of mass homicides in Norway either. That's another reason no. it was such big news. But I think the idea of like uh, somebody going around with a bow and arrow is a crazy thought of like how somebody would do, especially as an American, because we just go around shooting each other with guns uh, mm. and it's really easy to do that here. Uh, using a bow and arrow is qu quite wild. Yeah, and uh, then we found out it was a terrorist attack, so there's also that, so it doesn't really make things better. But let's go into it. Five people killed in Norway last week were stabbed to death and not shot with a bow and arrow, as intentional su uh, suspect. Uh, police have announced four women, one man between the ages uh, of 52 and 78, were killed on Wednesday in an uh, attack in Kongsberg, a town about 45 miles west of the capital, Oslo. Uh, the attacker was armed with bow and arrow, which he shot at several per person, pe people wounding at least one. But on Monday, the police inspector Pierre Thomas Opdal told reporters none of the deaths were caused by the weapon. Right, it says, uh, this is a quote from him. Five people were killed with stabbing weapons. Uh, some were killed inside their own homes, others out in public. So this was like, mm -hmm. obviously, I'm guessing this started within the home. Maybe this per the person who is the suspect, possibly, and then moved out into this into the streets. That mm. that's my initial thought as to why it, there would be some inside their homes and then others outside the homes. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, and uh, also that it it's so random because, as the police also said, everything points to the victims being selected at random. So there's no like ideology of who he attacked either. Right. Um, it does seem to me that you would be able to tell right away if somebody had been killed by a bow and arrow because there would be an arrow mm -hmm. sticking out of them. Uh, and arrows don't just, like, disappear after you shoot somebody with them, right? Like, I don't understand mm -hmm. how you make the mistake that they were, uh, weren't killed by an arrow, but they were stabbed. You That would be, like, pretty obvious right away. I don't know. Like, yes, he had a bow and arrow, but the people who were dead, did they have arrows sticking out of them? Because that would point to right. you. Right. So I don't understand how this mistake was made that for days and days everybody thought the bow and arrow was, was the murder weapon, right? That seemed a little weird to me. Uh, the sole suspect is 37, and he is believed to be mentally ill, and he is now held in a secure psychiatric facility. And this is, of course, the worst attack on Norway since 2011. We know uh, some things about him uh, without his name. We know that he is a Danish citizen. So Denmark, don't attack us. <laughs> but, uh, well, they have know, to go through, also... go through PewDiePie apparently now anyways. Yes, yes. Because he owns yeah. you. It does. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was also recently converted uh, to Islam. Right. So. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's what I said earlier, is 
because this is like the biggest uh, mass murder, biggest attack since 2011, it made it mm-hmm. so much bigger news than if it was in, I guess, some other country, to be honest. If this would have happened in, even in the UK, I don't think it would have been as big of news as it is because it's in Norway. Yeah, no, we right. had a stab wound in, in the UK this week as well on a politician that also was seen as terrorism. But I think the Norway thing is, is even bigger. Yeah, it's just the uh, the sheer uh, randomness of it as well. Like just because, like yeah. you said, there's no there was no real rhyme or reason except for seemingly some type of terrorist goal, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Norway's uh, new labor-led cabinet that takes office. We talked about being. There was been an election in Norway, and they won. Uh, they have now take uh, office, and that was, of course, o- overshadowed by the attacks. Right, Norway's center-left government took power on Thursday after winning the elections last month, uh, but this was sh- overshadowed by the deadly attack in Konsberg. Kro- yes? Mm-hmm. A 37-year-old Danish citizen is suspecting of killing five people, uh, the minority coalition of the left and Labour Party and Centre Party took power after beating the Conservative-led government in the vote for Parliament. Um, right. I remember you, after we talked about it initially, you said there was like a possibility that something was going to go wrong with the Labour Party uh, and the Greens, right? Right. So he, he, here, here's the thing. Uh, the Central Left Party, Left the coalition. Okay. Uh, so it uh, what we thought after the election was that the Labour Party, Centre Party, and the left Central uh, Left Party was going to take power. Right. Now it's just the Central Party and the Labour Party. Uh, that is bad on many points of view, uh, from my point of perspective, especially because. The central party is not in the government. Uh, it will probably not be done as much as it would be uh, if, uh, when it comes to uh, 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 climate change. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest issues. Like people are a little upset that this government really doesn't do a much difference between. Like the old government and the new government, I think the people that will feel it the most are maybe like labor uh, unions and things like that. But right. uh, when it comes to, and this is interesting because I I listen to what Trun is going to tell the truth about this week, and I do agree with him that when it comes to, especially when it comes to climate change things, I think this is probably. The worst uh, government we could have had uh, if it wasn't like the the government that was. I'm, I mean, there's uh, literally not many changes at all. So if the if the if the three parties had stayed together to create a coalition, would they have mm-hmm. then would they would have had like a, a voting majority and now now they don't don't. okay that's what okay i think that's like the important part that really like keeps them from doing the stuff that you probably want them to do right 
Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it is good that they're in there, I guess, but then if they don't do the things they promised to do when they got elected, that could be bad as well. I mean, just look at what's happening. Biden, people are not happy with Biden, mostly because he said he'd do a no. lot of things and nothing. none of those things have been done. <laughs> I think Biden's biggest problem, this is going to sound a little like weird, but I think Biden's biggest problem that is that he doesn't do enough TV stuff. And, like, he doesn't show himself hmm. enough. And when he does, uh, I think Trump Trump in, in all his craziness was better better at media handling than I think uh, actually Biden is. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. Um, yeah. Biden has never been... I mean, he's known as the gaff master Biden, basically, because he makes mistakes right. all the time in interviews and, and speeches and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I don't. He definitely is not very good with media. Where Trump is literally uh, a reality TV show host mm -hmm. star. So like, he, of course, he's going to be better in front of a camera. I think it has you more to do yeah. with the fact that Biden made these promises. Like everything's going to get back to normal. We're going to pass. Mm -hmm. the, we're going to get rid of all these rules that uh, Trump put in, and all these other things. And a lot of that stuff hasn't come to pass. Not necessarily that it was his fault. But when you make those promises, and then people in your own party, like Mansion and Cinema, which are like trying to hold back the current mm -hmm. bill they're trying to pass for um, infrastructure, when your mm -hmm. own party is against you, like maybe you should have made sure you had those votes before you made those promises. I guess, right? So, yeah. Here's a froze wild prediction of the week. Uh, I don't think he will uh, rerun in 2024. I have this strange feeling that he he probably will not. Well, who will run? Kamala? Yeah. That's not a good idea. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, they know that's not a good idea. I don't think they're going to do that either. If anything, but, they'd, uh, maybe they'd run yeah. Pete? Pete could. Yeah, they sure. could run Pete, I guess, but... I wouldn't want that either. I'm not voting for no. that guy. But uh, do you want uh, Trump that piece in the bed of Russian prostitutes to look? Because that's definitely true. Uh, right. Uh, Christopher Steele came out and did an interview with ABC this week. Did you watch the interview by any chance, Fro? I did, yeah. Was it an interview? No. Was it a propaganda piece that had a bit of interviews yes. stuck into it in between all yes. the propaganda <laughs> yes like was if it was just an interview where they sat down they talked <laughs> with the guy and they did an interview but they threw in all this like pieces of the puzzle that they were trying to build the puzzle abc is yeah. who i'm talking about when i say they the abc producers who produced this piece i would say how what percentage of it was interview and what percentages of it was the abc adding their own commentary and and uh 10% interview and 90% dressed maybe. right so they're yeah. fill, they were trying to fill in all these gaps with like of like oh well this is why it's true and then at the beginning mm -hmm. all the people like praising Christopher Steele like he was this great uh 
savior of America, and one person said he's like the modern day 007, which I was like, that's kind of a (laughs) weird timing that literally the brand new James Bond movie just came out, and you call this guy 007, right? That's a little, like, inconvenient timing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... We all know that this guy is a dirty liar and horrible. Right. Yeah. I mean, he even admitted to profiting off of all this stuff. He admitted in this to working with the Clinton campaign, which they denied for a really long time. And the other thing I wanted to point out before I actually start reading this, how many times in that interview or in the whole thing where 10% of it was an interview, did they talk about WikiLeaks? Oh, 90%. (laughs) <laughs> no, how many times did they say the word oh. WikiLeaks? Oh, a lot. They didn't say WikiLeaks once. <laughs> 100% of the time they said WikiLeaks. <laughs> I, they just convenient like, for some reason they've just decided that the WikiLeaks thing, we just leave that out of this whole thing. <laughs> so the whole, the whole ABC doc, I guess I'll call it like a documentary type thing, it was... Uh, based around trying to connect all this, the Steele dossier to Trump, to Russia, and then they mm-hmm. just conveniently leave out anything that has to do with the WikiLeaks release. They, they talk, they say, oh, this, uh, these files got released by Russia. They, like, say it as mm-hmm. if Russia was the person, the people who put it out, and that didn't mm-hmm. happen, so uh, in that way, the whole thing was just, uh, what would you call it? It's not because it's like the opposite of a smear propaganda. piece. Yeah, no, it's narrative propaganda. That is what it is. And it, I, like, I, yeah, it, like there's a, you could do a smear piece on somebody where you do an interview like this and then you do a, the parts where you make them look bad around the interview. Mm. Right. But then they did this like the opposite where they're trying to make this guy who's actually not a good person and trying to make him look like this hero. Um, yeah. For taking down Donald Trump, uh, but it says here Christopher Steele, former British spy and heavily disputed and author of the heavily disputed dossier uh, known as the P tape on Donald Trump, uh, says it does indeed exist. Uh, he believes he doesn't. Well, yeah. He doesn't know. Yes, no. The thing is that his one source of information <laughs> lived in Washington. <laughs> Uh, in an interview with ABC News, he speculated that Russia may still have the hidden tape because Trump offered them a pretty good value during his time in office. He made unsubstantiated allegations what? in the 35-page dossier, which was compiled in 2016. Uh, this is a quote from him from the interview. I think it probably exists. It probably does exist, uh, he said to George Stephanopoulos. Uh, pressed on why Russia would have used such leverage, Steele replied, because I think it hasn't needed to be released because I think Russians felt they got pretty good value out of Donald Trump when he was in the U.S. So that's that's why they didn't yeah, release remember, the PTA. Remember them being the best of friends during Trump uh, being in the White House? Oh, wait. <laughs> Again, I'm going to point this out. This is... Oh. Uh, why didn't Russia? Russia. He was asked why Russia didn't release this this P tape, right? And he responds, "I think mm. because it hasn't needed to be released because I think the Russians felt they had a pretty good value, so they didn't release it. The Russians didn't release it, bro. 
what mm. what information did the Russians release? The stuff that came out from WikiLeaks? See, this is how they're trying to confuse the whole situation. Is they're saying Russia didn't release the P tape? Russia didn't release anything. So what are you talking about? <laughs> While Trump was often criticized for perceiving closeness with Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin, there is no evidence to support the existence of such a tape. Um, right. The Steele dossier claimed that Trump in 2013 had rented a room in the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow during a trip to Russia. It said he had hired prostitutes to perform sexual acts on him in, their, in the room involving urination. Uh... Some of the allegations in Steele dossiers have been partly substantiated over time, but many of the allegations are in the dossier remain still unsubstantiated. So, here's my claim: you will get as much truth reading the Steele dossier as reading fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> that is my belief. Uh, the other thing they didn't point out in this ABC. Doc uh, is that in the Mueller report they they cited the mm -hmm. FBI saying that there was no evidence to, of any of the claims in in the dossier, and then that they did say in it that the FBI, um, while working with uh, Steele, uh, did go over it. Right. So mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, no, it's it is uh, definitely interesting, and and we'll probably talk about this uh, next week as well because uh, they are having a vote on uh, putting Bannon uh, to the court system, so that would be interesting. Uh, when it comes to things that you have done wrong. Uh, uh, drone strikes are something that we don't like on this podcast, uh, and now the United States offers uh, to pay relatives of the 10 people that was botched in an Afghan drone strike. Right, if you remember, they at the initially when this happened, they said it was a terrorist. Uh, the United States on Friday has offered to pay unspecified compensation to the relatives of 10 people in Afghanistan, including seven children who were killed by mistake in a U.S. drone strike. Uh, in a statement, the Pentagon also said it was working with the State Department to relocate the oh to the United States any relatives who wish to leave uh, Taliban-ruled Afghanistan. The offer was made to these people Thursday in a meeting with Colin Cowell, and under the Secretary of Defense policy... And Stephen Kwan, the founder and president of an aid group active in Afghanistan, um, called Nutrition and Education International. Mm. The organization employed uh, the man who was wrongly identified as the Islamic State militant. Uh, if you remember, the guy was an aid worker who he killed with a mm. drone strike and his family. Um, he was employed by Nutrition Education International. Uh, the U.S. intelligence tracked his white Toyota for eight hours before targeting his car with a missile, killing him, uh, seven children, and three adults. Uh, yeah, so they're going to... So I, I just think this is interesting because we went from them basically denying that it was... Or s denying that it wasn't uh, just a regular family of, of Afghanis and that it was some kind of type of terrorist, even though at the time for weeks we knew that people on the ground were saying that it was civilians that had died. Um, 
they deny that for weeks on end until they come out and admit uh, after a New York Times thing proved uh, the opposite. A New York Times investigation was the thing that made them come out and say, oh, actually, that was our bad, our mistake. This is basically totally admitting that, uh, oh, we lied, we did something wrong, and now we're trying to save face. That's the way I see it. I don't know. How do you see this? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely something like that. And it's also like, yeah, I don't know if if, if they would have done this if it wasn't like uh, for getting better population. I don't think they are doing this before because they feel bad. Because then they would probably done it without like uh, any press around it. They yeah, that, that too, right. Just do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think the other thing to consider here is like, how many other civilians have we killed with drones and not given them compensation, their families' compensation over the last however many years? You know what I mean? Twenty years. Uh, so just this this one they give you bad publicity. That's when you're gonna give mm. them compensation. It it almost makes them look worse in my mind for doing this. I mean, I it's yeah. good to give the compensation for sure, mm. but over the stretch of all the time we've been using drones to just give this one family compensation what are all the other families with dead relatives thinking right now hey what about me right so i don't know that's i it could be actually create more terrorists in my mind hey look uh do you want uh, people to know your deepest uh darkest secret sure Sure, you want people to know your deepest, deepest secret? <laughs> it would be kind of freeing, wouldn't it? To be like, uh, if everybody just knew the the worst thing, and then you'd be like, it, it, everybody knows, like, that's the worst thing I have. It's all good now. Like, it can't get any worse than this. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jeff Epstein thought he would make a deal of telling secrets of Trump or Clinton. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein believed he could make a deal with prosecutors by revealing secrets about former presidents Clinton and Trump, according to a new book. So take this with a grain of salt, grain because of salt. it's right, yes. coming from somebody who's trying to make money off of a book. But uh, the disgraced financier and convicted sex offender was arrested in July 2019 in a new book, Too Famous, The Rich and Powerful, The Wishful... The Damned, The Notorious, The 20 Years of Columns, Essays, and Reporting, Michael Wolff reveals Epstein's thinking in his final few months. According to the book, Epstein believed the Justice Department had arrested him on the instructions of President Donald Trump because they believed he wanted information on Bill Clinton, who had flown on his private jet multiple times. That's interesting revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the White House, through the Justice Department, was looking to press longtime Republican, obsess, uh, Republican obsession and Trump's ace in the hole to get Epstein to flip and reveal sex secrets on Clinton. Uh, he said Trump, if he was so obsessed with Clinton, he was also obsessed with Epstein, who knew about Clinton. Uh, right. So, and... Steve Bannon reportedly called Epstein on the phone and told him that he feared him during Donald Trump's presidential campaign because he thought the financier knew secrets about Trump as well. Uh, and that, it says, although Bannon confirmed he did spend over 15 hours recording practice interviews with Epstein, he disputed some of the characterizations uh, Wolf made about the conversations. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, Wolf also wrote that Israeli former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak also was president at Epstein's house when uh, he visited. Uh, Mike Wolf has written several books about the Trump presidency. Uh, during his visit to Epstein House, Wolf said a sex. He said the sex offender told him that Trump was a moron, and he believed that General Bill Barr was really in charge of the White House. I don't know. They, these are, there's a lot of sensational accusations here. Mm, Bill Barr? <laughs> Not sure. Bill Barr was in charge uh, of the White House. White House, no. I think probably, if anybody, Steve Bannon was the guy who was in charge yeah, of the White House. I think so as well. Um, but it seems like one of the things coming out of this, if it's true or if it's not true, we're not really sure. But that mm. Epstein was talking, when after he got arrested, talking about making a deal with prosecutors to give them dirt on Trump or Clinton to try to get off. Uh, or, or at least get lower charges, right? To make a deal with the deal with the state or deal with the prosecutors, um, but then of course uh, he died, so we never got any of those details revealed, right? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, he he died. <laughs> uh, if you go to audible.com/slash another digital citizen or ADC. ADC, you can get that book, Too Famous, The Rich and the Powerful, and so on, for free. And you can also get the Audible. Try. So go there. Uh, New York. New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I have heard some rumors of uh, someone said once or twice. Uh, they shut down two crypto uh, firms this week. Funny that we will talk about cryptos now and a little later. Okay. New York Attorney General Letitia James on Monday ordered the shutdown of two cryptocurrency lending platforms for unlawful activities and directed an investigation into three others. Uh, all firms named were redacted in the two letters published in conjunction with the press release. However, initial reporting from The Block showed a cease and desist letter was marked with the title Nexo Letter while requesting for information tagged uh, Celsius letter. Upon initial publication, the supposed slip-ups have been rectified and the letters are now labeled with generic names. Uh, the two platforms, including Nexo, were instructed to cease all activities 10 days from October 18th for unlawfully selling or offering sales of securities and commodities as required by New York's Martin Act. Okay. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, three others, including Celsius Network, were requested to give more information about how they operate, such as, as what they do with cryptocurrency deposits in their platforms. Details should include all wallet addresses, entities, priv uh, provided custody according to a separate letter, and the Eternal General also sought clarification on whether platforms accept fiat currency or accept Tether as collateral. Okay. So they're definitely going after some of the smaller, smaller uh, crypto trading. These aren't like actual cryptos. These are just like the trading platforms what right. people use to trade crypto. But uh, we saw recently in, in England that they were kind of looking at doing the same thing. And so this was interesting to me. I don't know. What do you think about this idea? 
I, I I find it very interesting. I I have never heard of Tether in my entire life before this week, to be honest. Tether? Yeah. I had heard of it. Um Yeah. Nope. I was, I had heard yeah. I had heard of a few of these, I guess. I'd never heard of Celsius network or Nexo network though, so Yeah, I know. If you asked me I, I would think it was like uh, like Google Chrome, <laughs> like net browsers. <laughs> it says here Celsius in October uh, raised four hundred million dollars and is is at Whew. is valued at three billion dollars. So they're not Jesus a small Christ. company, um, for sure. Uh, it says the state attorney general office has been ramping up a crackdown on virtual currencies. For instance. Uh, crypto trading platform CoinSeed, which I've heard of that, in mm -hmm. June announced it will close down after being sued in February for selling worthless tokens and moving investors' money without permission. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Luke, what is a metaverse? A metaverse? It, it's a, a universe that's very meta. <laughs> <laughs> is that really it's true? It's a it's a universe where all the people in it are just planets. That's very that's meta, right? <laughs> that is very meta. Uh, Facebook to hire ten thousand people in EU to work on metaverse. Yeah, in the EU. Uh, I don't know why, but Facebook is planning to hire ten thousand people in the European Union to develop. A so-called metaverse. A metaverse is an online world where people can game, work, and communicate in a virtual environment using VR headsets. Uh, ah. So, like VR chat. I think they, that already exists, and it's complete cancer. But okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has been leading <laughs> voice on the concept. The announcement comes as Facebook deals with the fallout of damaging scandals and faces increased call for regulation of its influence. Uh, the metaverse is a potential to help unlock access. Oh, help unlock access to new creative, social, and economic opportunities. Facebook said, "The new jobs being created over the next fi five years will incl include highly specialized engineers. Investing in the EU offered many advantages, including access to large consumer markets, first-class universities, and a high-quality talent." Facebook said. Okay. Well, soon, soon you can't call them Facebook anymore because they're changing name as well. But nobody knows what it's going to be. Look, it says here once, but it, uh, Facebook thinks the true metaverse idea will take at least another ten to fifteen years. But some critics say the latest announcement is designed to reestablish the company's reputation and divert attention after a series of damaging scandals in recent months. Right. And so the other thing they're talking about doing is changing the name. Like you said, uh, it says I'm. T we're told that the new company, or new Facebook company name, is closely guarded secret within the walls and is not widely n known even among its senior leadership. Uh, a possible name could have something to do with Horizon, the name of its still unreleased VR version of Facebook. Uh, f oh, Facebook meets roadblocks that the company has been developing for the past few years. The name of the app was recently tweaked to Horizon Worlds shortly after Facebook demoed a version for workplace collaboration called Horizon Workrooms. 
So mm. they, they've been working on this for a while. They've just been doing it in more of like a Roblox instead of a VR type um, universe where Roblox is kind of, it's a free world you can kind of play in, yeah, but yeah. it's not really VR, I guess. That's the only real right. difference there. Um, so it's going to be, for people that doesn't know what Roblox is, so it's going to be Facebook meets uh, Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, but Roblox is more like <laughs> Minecraft is like it's it's Minecraft where Roblox yeah. like you can create different uh scenarios and different worlds where Minecraft mm. is just the the world of Minecraft where Roblox you can create all these different types of games and different uh what's the word for it? Um uh, environments, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh my god, this is going to be so meta. No wonder. Like, you, you go in your universe, in the Facebook universe, and you go to your own Facebook account. I, I, oh. I just, I, I know how, like, current VR chat is. Like, there's a thing oh, called toxic. VR. And it's, like, the most toxic people on the internet yeah. are on there. And they're all, like, pretty much rich, like, teenagers who, mm -hmm. because, of course, they have to be rich to have the setup, right? The The computer that can run a really nice oculus and stuff you have to have a fairly mm. good amount of money and so they're all like the most toxic uh spoiled uh entitled people Rats. on the internet exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey let's say you were uh in a trip in the forest where you live and you go some miles and miles into the forest and all of a sudden you find this table uh for two dined up with cakes and like glasses and silverware and things like that do you know what i would have looked for the first thing i would have looked for um, uh truffles no a oh. rabbit hole oh okay yeah oh that yeah, makes sense <laughs> because the first thing i was thinking of is this are they going to try to promote a new alice in wonderland <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, a mystery of a seemingly abandoned afternoon tea in a remote late district w woods has been solved. Um, it had been thought the leftovers found by Blee Tarn had been discarded by thoughtless picnickers, but a company which stages romantic occasions said it set up the event on Monday to celebrate the birthday of a couple in, who were on holiday in the area. Uh, Charlotte Manning, a comp uh, works for a company DateMate, said the food table and chairs were cleared away in just four hours. Miss Manning said the event was organized by a couple from Statfordshire who were spending a week holiday in Lake District. Uh, she had picked the lake, uh, oh, the location because she was looking for a beautiful forest in a secluded area. The man had ordered afternoon tea, sausage roll, cheese and biscuits, scones and cakes, along with fruit and a bottle of champagne to treat his partner. Um, because of the location in the woodland in the north end, Blee Tarn was so, was so remote, about 300 feet from the cat path, getting the hired table and chairs uh, to the setting was quite difficult, Miss Manning said. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, between the couple leaving and the table being cleared away, photographer Ashley Co Cooper uh, from 
Ambleside found the scene. Miss Cooper thought it was an example of littering uh, and took photos. The nearby hotels were contacted by BBC about the setup, and it, they told us it had nothing to do with them. Uh, Miss Manning said the couple had a beautiful day and expected that it would be the end of it. Uh, seeing the couple in the center of a social media storm was a huge surprise for them, uh, <laughs> us, and and the business. So, yeah, I bet this lady's it's business is probably popping off because of this. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a super good promotion for her business. Right, and like, it's like the best kind of publicity because you didn't have to pay for yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, and free it's so free sweet. advertising. Yeah. It's so sweet. I love that story. Uh, somebody that likes to knock down on people is John Stewart, uh, and uh, not really. He... John Stewart kind of stayed out of the public eye to a degree over the la since he left the Daily Show. You don't really see him do that many interviews anymore. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yes, this new Apple TV show, though. Oh yeah, which a lot everybody watches Apple Plus. So I haven't seen that. Show. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying something about Apple TV. Oh, poor Apple TV. Uh, if you only had some good shows. Oh, you won a lot of Emmys for a semi-good show? Uh, anyway, uh, let's not talk about that. But yeah, John Stewart uh, says that we made a huge mistake focusing on Trump. I would agree on that. Uh, yeah, this is, what, two minutes long? This was on MSNBC, or no, CNN, sorry. Uh, and he, he was talking talking to this guy, whoever this dude is. Okay, give me a countdown. In three, two, one, go. You were talking a second ago about identifying the weak points in the guardrails of democracy. It's also obvious, and I know you've spoken about this in the past, that Donald Trump has also identified those weak points. He is now endorsing candidates for secretary of state in battleground states, candidates who are all in on the big lie uh, in, you know, in Arizona. I think, I, I think we make a mistake focusing this all on, on Donald Trump as though he's, I don't know, Magneto and some incredible <laughs> villain that has changed the very nature and uh, temperature of the United States like he's just been an effective vessel but again like he's not singing new songs this is something he's maybe singing him a little better than you know Goldwater but, but Goldwater I, I was from like the 60s for people that don't know I guess on this one individual mm -hmm. and not to focus it Barry Goldwater was like a huge racist so mm -hmm. you know the idea that power is its own reward whether it be in the financial industry or in government like power doesn't seed itself and unless we can figure out a better way to balance that power for you know for, for workers and voters and and different groups we'll be vulnerable you know i don't i don't know that autocracy is purely the domain of of donald trump I think that we all have a bit of a tendency to be like to grant amnesty to people that are doing this news is like prefer. I don't know how to respond Even to this if that means that they're slightly undemocratic I, there's many times where I think <laughs> just do an executive order for God's sake just get it done you know so I, I think our focus 
unhealthily on this one individual comes at the price of systems and dynamics that have been in place long before this cat ever learned mm. how to surf those waves. That is true. Right. I think that's something we've been saying for since he was in office, that like mm. Trump is a symptom of a bigger problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. The reason he was elected is because people weren't happy with like the current mm. system. Uh, so Trump isn't, like you said, he's not playing new music. He's just uh, playing it with a new guitar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think I think a lot of media wants to uh, uh, focus on Trump because he's such an easy target. He's so easy to ro write about. Right, and he's such a buffoon, and he looks silly, yeah. and his whole family is goofy, and he's ha he's has such a sordid history uh, past, yeah. I mean, uh, that you can bring up these things over and over again, but I think even I said this a few weeks ago, it's like, if we did, if the news just stopped talking about Donald Trump, he would go away. Yeah. Because, like, that's yeah. the only place you see him now, because he's not allowed on any social media platform or anything, so yeah. the people who are promoting him are... MSNBC, Fox, CNN, yeah. these are the places yeah. where he's getting, like, free publicity, just like that lady, d so. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's true. Uh, do you think that uh, you should listen to what Norway does? I think some sometimes, sometimes not, probably. Yeah, yeah I agree. If every country was like Norway, it would be probably a better world uh, some in general. Uh, but uh, Trump is going to tell the truth. Don't listen to Norway. We had a transition of power after the Norwegian election. While in the United States people are storming the parliament building, we did not. We had a peaceful transition of power. It was like a funny ceremony. The old minister gave the key to the new minister in the department. The new, like the new old foreign minister, gave the keys to the office to the new foreign minister. And they shaked hands and hugged each other. That's what we do in Norway. That's how we have peaceful transition of power. We don't violent. We don't break down in the streets. But we can say what we will about the transition of power in Norway. But we got a new government. We got a new government. For people who think that things are going to change, yeah, they're going to change a little bit. The hardcore conservatives will not screw workers' rights anymore, and the new government will give a little bit better conditions to unions and so on. But don't believe the hype. Because the new government is as shitty on environment politics as the old one. When would it come to why in politics, the left and the right government alternatives are just the fucking same. How did they make them happen? Well, they make it happen because they have printed in the truth in the population that it stands that only two major parties who can govern is the Labour Party or the Conservative Party. Yeah, we have more parties in Norway than we have in the United States, but nobody really believes that you can get an alternative without those two parties. And basically, like in the United States, those two big parties are exactly the same. Norway like to brag. They're good at bragging. But at the same time, our 
oil industry is getting bigger. We are going to earn tons of money. We earn billions a day. And it's going to keep on doing that for a long, long time. Now I like to say that we want to say clean energy all over the world. We don't. We invest in the worst regime in the world. We sell the worst regimes in the world weapons. Greta Thunberg is right. Norway is a big fucking lie when it comes to environment politics. You should not listen to my country. And other people will say like, oh wow, Trump, does you love your country? Yes. I do. That's why I'm saying it. Because my country is not how it should be. If you love your country, you don't say yes to everything your country do. You don't accept all kind of bullshit. People say, it's not like when people attack us for doing something wrong, you should stand by your country just because it's your country. All Sharpton said, it's not about black and white, but it's about right and wrong. Norwegian politics now is wrong. And we try to sell it as right. We try to pretend to the world that our oil and our gas is much cleaner than our regime's oil and gas. If we cut down, we will give the dirty, horrible fascist regime in the Middle East the power. Well, no, we will not. Because the, the horrible fascist regimes in, in the Middle East are also working with the Norwegian oil industry. So all is a big fucking hoax. Don't believe Norwegian politicians when they talk about environment politics. If they come from this government or the right-wing government, it's exactly the same. They're all are fucking lying. What you should do is be hard on Norway. You should tell Norway what it, what it really is. Because we are not an environmental country. We are trying to use our power through our oil and gas industry to stop your development of clean energy. And that is a fucking load of BS. Yes. So, if you want to do something for the environment, don't listen to Norway. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Thank you, Tron. Yeah, like I said, uh, I'm not very impressed by our new government, but we will see. Probably, hopefully it will be better than the government that was, so... Uh, yeah, you can only hope. I mean, it's just, they just got put in. Who knows, maybe they'll turn around and become something great, you, you know? But Who maybe knows? not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, TV round. <laughs> uh, I've seen, uh, what have I seen? Uh, I've seen Aquaman, the King of Atlantis. Uh, this is an animation TV show for children. Okay. On HBO Max. Is Jason Momoa a voice, or are they just... No. Okay. But, uh, it is... It is kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, I laughed, but, uh, I laughed because it's so stupid, but, uh, I tell, think... I really liked the voice of Mera, his wife. Uh, Jillian Jacobs. I love love her in other things, so... Uh, I will give it a 4. It's watchable, and it, it is actually DC-approved, uh, so... Oh, well, I, of course. They wouldn't 
they would sue you if you made it without them. Um, let's see. I think you saw this. Uh, what is it called? Guilty Party with um, Kate Beckinsale. I yeah, I was not the expecting her to be in this. Actually, when I saw her at first, I was like, she looks so familiar, but she looks very <laughs> like they did her hair in this different way, and her face looks very yeah. different for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, then at least the last time I saw her, which was years mm-hmm. ago, I suppose. Um, but she was fine, and I thought the acting was fine in this. I thought the cinematography was pretty good. It's uh, about a journalist who gets. Uh, in trouble for plagiarizing, right? I think that's what it is. Yep. She yep. She uh, basically gets, you know, blackballed in the journalistic community, but then she finds out about this prisoner who has this story that, about being wrongfully uh, uh, arrested. Convicted. Yeah, convicted. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and she, she thinks that this story is going to change her life or basically turn her career around. So at least the ones that I saw, it's her fighting to try to get this story because the criminal quote unquote, that she sent her the store, sent her a letter about the story also sent a letter to like all these other journalists. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the start of it. You go into it and it's kind I mean, it's fine. It's, it's not something I would watch more than two episodes of. What did you really, what did you think? I like from? this. I thought this was really, really, really good. I, I liked acting. I liked, the uh, uh, the cinematography and I really liked, uh, the story. I think her being so incredibly unlikable is what, uh, saved this show, to be honest. Because, like, we have this, like, anti-hero in the show to right. her. And she's very good at playing this anti-hero. I, uh, this is actually one of my, uh, like, new surprises. Wow, I like this show. I think it was the story that... Because everything else about it was good. The story did not captivate me. I was just kind of like, oh, right. okay. Um hmm. Nothing really interesting happened. Not anything, like, super special about it, so I was just kind of like, eh, not great, not terrible. Uh, I'd probably give it a 6. Okay. Yeah, okay. i give it a 7.5. Okay. Uh, I saw Dope Sick. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, this is about... Uh, uh, in general, it is about... Uh, Oxycodone or oxycotton. Oxycodone. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, Michael Keaton plays this doctor uh, that is pressed by a guy called Billy uh, to sell uh, some oxy. And we see the process of like how oxy came into uh, a place and. We say how how much it meant to the family that was pushing this. Right, I guess the important thing and to point out is, like, it starts out in the year that, like, Oxycontin was kind of released to these doctors, but we're also seeing what, what uh, three or four years in the future of what happens, mm-hmm. like, three or four years later, and it switches back and forth timeline-wise, right? So, yeah, that's how you get all these different things Fro's talking about all in one ep- one episode. <laughs> And it's really good. Uh, this is uh, this is definitely my favorite of the new shows I've seen this week. 
very depressing, but holy fo moly, it's good acting. And the story is super interesting. Uh, the guy who plays the rich dude maybe is oh, the best character. So he like you yeah. just want to hate him. Just the way he yeah. talks, he's got this like smug right. Yeah, you're just like I just want to tackle you and like punch you because <laughs> you're such a bad guy just by the douche, way you talk. Douche. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which is great because that's what his character. That's how you're supposed to feel about his character. So he did a great job. Um, yeah, the the whole story is super interesting, uh, and there's a lot of actually really good actors in here. The young so good. woman, I don't remember what we saw her in recently, but she's been good in a few things uh, mm -hmm. as of late. What's her name? Oh, Booksmart. That was what she was in. Mm -hmm. She was in that. Uh, yeah, she's, she's an up-and-coming actress I see doing big things in the future as well. Caitlin Deaver, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, Rosa Rosario Dawson was in it. Peter Sarsgaard was in it. Yeah, so there's mm. all these really good actors as well. Yeah, I don't know. If, was this the best thing I saw this week? Actually, probably yes. I think you're right. <laughs> uh, I give this, um, I don't know, a 7.5. I give it as an 8. I didn't have any idea what it was going into it, and I kind of, when I started it, I almost thought it was going to be more of a documentary with, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with a... Um, with a storyline element built into it, but it it is mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. just a story-driven uh, history piece more than it is a documentary style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's yeah. see, what did I see? I saw... Let's go to Home Sweet Home on NBC. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? Nope. This is a reality show, I guess. Um, it's similar to... You remember Wife Swap back in the day? I do remember Wife Swap. But uh, instead of it being Wife Swap, it's the whole family, two whole families switch places to each other's homes, uh, and then the each family gives like a set, like they have a book of instructions. Okay, this is how our family does things. This is what we do when we wake up. This is what we do, like how we eat dinner. This is how, mm -hmm. I don't know, the rules go as far as like if a kid gets in trouble, they uh, get punished this way or like... One family is um, uh, Catholic, I think, and the other family is more of, like, say, they're into yoga. So then the one family has to go to church and the other family has to uh, do meditation. Does that make sense, kind of? Mm -hmm. And so they're trying mm -hmm. to learn about each other's family. Um, it is very cheesy, like, really, really cheesy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fine as far as, like, a reality show goes, and... It really is trying to be. It's trying to be a tearjerker, but to a certain point, it's kind of like you can only. It you can tell certain parts are just manufactured to create drama, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. uh, they'll put little things in the book to like point out, oh, this is how our family is, but we're, and they'll pick another family that opposes those views to create mm -hmm. drama within the show. So. In that way, you can kind of tell it's manufactured. But overall, I'd probably give it a four, I guess. It's fine. It. I don't think it's... I'm not going to recommend anybody go watch it, though. Something I'm not going to recommend to people watching is a new documentary. Even though it's from Bloomhouse Television. This is actually... A documentary I, by Bloomhouse. That's weird. I know. Uh, what happened, Brittany Murphy? Uh, oh, I saw the commercial a... for this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is about uh, the 90s actors uh, that died a very tragic and very mysterious death. 
and her name is Brittany Murphy. I don't know what was she most famous for. Clueless, but, probably. Clueless, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, this is very in-depth. It's extremely speculative, and it's putting the blame on one person and one person only. That's maybe what I like the least about it. Oh, the least about uh, it. Well, there's been conspiracy yes. or quote unquote conspiracy theories about her death for years and years and years. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised to see somebody finally make some kind of documentary out of those stories, whether they're true or not. I've always heard like that somebody killed her and that it was cov they covered it up with a drug overdose or whatever. That's been like a story for years. Yeah. But yeah, no, I give this a three. Yeah, a three. A three, okay. I know I told you about this. I don't know if you checked it out. The Kids Tonight Show? I didn't, no. Wow. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, I should have seen this. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting... It's, uh... <laughs> it's something. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, no. I honestly don't know who this is for. Uh, it's <laughs> like... The Tonight Show mixed with Pee Wee's Playhouse and uh, okay. and some kind of Nickelodeon show. They literally do the Pee Wee's Playhouse thing where they have a secret word, and when somebody says the secret word, they all get up and go crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. They just stole that directly from there. Uh, let's okay. see, it's got four um, hosts, kind of, that are all children. The first episode that I saw uh, was the host... They. The guest for this was the host of The Tonight Show. Uh, what's his name? Uh, why can't I remember his Jimmy name? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I was going to say Jimmy Kimmel, but that's the other one. Uh, right. why, why are they all named Jimmy? That's weird. I never I thought about know. that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The four are Dylan Gilmer, Michaela Michelle, who you know. We saw her in Mixed-ish. She was really good in that. She's She was very fun. She was the young girl who's very funny, like, sassy. Uh, Wrecker... Ian's, who is like the he's like the drummer, he's the band of the group, right? Because when you have a Tonight Show, you have to have the guy who's on the drums. So that's this guy, and then Olivia, who's also uh, there. Uh, it is, I it's the twenty, you know, it's a not even a hour long show. It's like a half hour show, and it, it at least the first episode, it felt like they had no idea how this format or structure of it was going to be. They just kind of like free float it and in that way that's kind of interesting these kids are kid actors who are only as good as that um mm. but the whole thing felt like they had no idea like how it was supposed to flow it was total there's it was complete chaos is my only way of putting it so in that way i'm gonna give it this a uh i'll give it a 2.5 Ooh, you just have to see how chaotic and like all over the place it is it's like it's like it's like the Tonight Show on crack basically but with little kids which is weird. Uh Luke was uh, I know what you little did last summer yeah when we watched it back in the days was it yeah then? Uh kind of yeah. When you think about the movie like it was all a bunch of high school Movies, yeah. high school like very attractive high school kids so yeah in a way it was kind of young adult the original one mm. who yeah nave campbell that's all i remember mm, that wasn't i know what you did last summer wasn't it no that was scream i think 
Okay. Uh, not Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh. Uh, let me look it up. You you go into it. Oh yeah, because uh, now it has gotten its own show, and the show is definitely y'all. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I knew there were three. Jennifer Love. I knew there were three Love. names. I just couldn't remember right. Yeah. Oh, Sarah Michelle yeah, Geller was also in it. Okay. okay. But yeah, no, this is uh, about a group of teenagers that are stalked by this mysterious killer. And all of them has a secret, of course. Uh, what they did last summer. Uh, that is the whole fucking premise of the show. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's slightly different than the movie in the sense that we start uh, before... Like, the movie starts a after it's already happened and... Mm -hmm. um, then we we kind of go back in time later in the movie to see what they did last summer. Where this, it starts when they do the murder, and then it goes... So the timeline is slightly different in this comparatively to the film. Uh, it is very young adult. The acting's not great. The storyline is Ew. slightly different than, than the original, so I have to give them that just because the timeline changed. Uh, sure. But I don't know. What would you give it, I guess? I'll let you go first on this one. 3.5? That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe a 4 if I was to watch more episodes and it was to get more interesting, but the acting is the real hindrance in this one, I think. I I could not agree more. Uh, what else? Yeah, it's your turn. I mean, I only saw one more thing, so we both watched Day of the Dead together. We definitely did. You know, on sci-fi, uh, based off of the movie Day of the Dead, I guess, slightly, uh -huh. kind of. Um, mm. The acting was not good in this either. It felt very sci-fi. The Ooh. cinematography was very bad. The camera work felt very uh, cheaply done. Uh, mm. Not, like, porno-level bad, but, like, pretty pretty <clears throat> bad. Um, I do did like the practical effects instead of trying to do some really bad special effects, which, because mm -hmm. of the obvious budget of the show, the special effects would have ended up looking terrible. So for them to do, like, the zombies coming out of the ground uh, with, like, a practical effect instead of trying to, like, make it look goofy or something, that I kind of appreciated. I don't know, but overall it wasn't that great. What would you, you think of it? Uh, it was extremely cheesy, uh, but uh, that's kind of like I laughed. I laughed quite a while, um, quite much, uh, but that's nothing really. I didn't laugh because it was good. I laughed, <laughs> laughed because it was bad. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, as Luke says, I'm very happy that I didn't take it too serious. So I guess I, I can't really... I can't judge it too hard, but it's it's not good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd give it a... I don't know, a 4.5, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I'm around there. I, I think maybe I'm around 4, 4.5. It's definitely a show I'm not... Like, I, I haven't seen two shows, so I can't say I'm... Right. Two episodes and then I'm out. Right. Because it's only been one episode. It's a, it was the first week it was on, right. Uh, hey, look. Spoilers uh, for uh, Squid Game. Uh, spoilers for Squid Game. Uh, spoilers for Squid Game. There. 
Oh, oh yeah, we're going to do spoilers for Squid Game, by the way, if nobody yeah. got that. Um, uh-huh. we're, yeah, we're doing episode five through nine, so we're literally going to spoil the show. Uh, we're going to try to do so you... each episode pretty yes. quick, but we're going to do like yeah. our thoughts on each episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, so let's start with episode five of Fair World. Uh, Jihan and his team take turns keeping guard through the night. The masked men encounter trouble with their co-conspirators. Right. Uh, this is the one where the they they're turning the lights off at night, and the the uh, the one team is against the other team. Basically, uh, mm. is this the episode where the doctor? Yeah, the doctor takes off in the middle of the night, right? And then yeah, he yeah, goes yes. down there, and this is where we find out that they're selling organs. The yep. the guards are. Um, which when you think I thought about it after we watched the show, but like the whole um idea of this being about uh capitalism, these guards selling off organs is like a very yep. interesting uh connection Afropo. to yeah the yep. idea of like these guys are in the system, but be, they're not making enough, so they have to sell the organs of the dead people. It like it ties so well into the idea of capitalism or the, the motif that this is uh, selling of capitalism. What do you think yeah. of this episode? Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's very, it's very cool. It was very like apropos. I liked it. Uh, episode six. Uh, how did he say this again? The name of, uh, uh, the name that the old man called him that was like friends. Uh, right, Gab- I don't remember. Gamba, Gamba. That's what Gamba, it was. Gamba, yeah. Uh, that's what this episode's also called. Gamba. Uh, players pair off for the fourth game. Ji Hun grapples with the moral dilemma. Sang Wu chooses self-preservation, and Sei Byak shares her untold story. Okay. Is this the one with uh, the? It's the Marble Game, yeah. Marble yeah, Game episode. This made me cry. Those bastards. Uh, yeah, this was the first one me and. Oh, wait, no. The last one was the first one me and you watch, didn't watch together. Uh, this one, I, right. I was like kicking myself that we didn't watch it together because I wanted to predict something in this. <laughs> because uh, uh-huh. this is the episode where the old man dies, quote unquote. Uh huh. But and it, I cried. Right, but I saw the way they had shot it, and they they had panned to the right just as it's happening, and then you hear the gunshot go off, but you never see what happens with it, which to me, because this show is already so bloody, I was like, something's going on there, because they would have showed him, you know, they would have showed the blood and the gore, at least, like, to a degree. <clears throat> but we'll get into that in a second. Again, spoilers, everybody. If you've gotten this far and you are are still mad about spoilers, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Episode seven. Uh, VIPs. The mass leader welcomes VIP guests to the facility for front row viewing of the f- show. In the fifth game, some players crack under pressure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what they did there, because this was the tempered glass episode. Right. Uh, this was so good. This I, is this is has my favorite death uh, in it. Oh, the one, the lady and the gangster guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so fucking good. Right. Uh, yeah. It was. I think she. The thing is, she knew like we're all gonna die if you just stand there anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yep. 
Um, yeah. I like how the one guy who like was knew all about glass was like, mm-hmm. the, why didn't you come up and talk, tell us sooner? We all could have lived. And he's like, uh, no, we couldn't. That's why I stayed back here. <laughs> right? I would at least let you guys do as much work for me as I, I as you as you could. Um, yeah, I doubt, this episode was I. The thing about this glass one that I thought uh, it didn't seem as elaborate and crazy of a game as the other ones, in the sense that mm. like there was a lot more like strategy and stuff. Where this one was more definitely all luck to a degree. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's interesting part about it. But the other thing is, why did the VIPs come in now instead of like many games ago? That's never really explained. I didn't really understand it. But this is the first episode yeah. where we find out that the man in black is what does he call him? He he's not the game master. He's the liaison or something. So we find out mm-hmm. he's not the actual leader. This is the episode we find that out in. Mm. Right. Uh, episode 8, yeah? Unless you have anything about that. Nope. Uh, ahead of the last round, distrust and disgust run deep among the finalists. John Ho makes a getaway determined to expose the game's dirty secrets. That's the, what, reporter? Journalist. Yeah. Journalist guy, yeah. Um... So this at the end of this episode is where he's out in the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think the other, the other thing that happens in the end of this is the he stabs him, right? Or he stabs mm-hmm. her. The one friend stabs. Uh, I don't even remember what her name is. The model. She's actually like a model in real life. Uh, really? Yeah. She's like a super, fairly famous South Korean model. Or she was fairly famous already. Now she's, like, ridiculously famous, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know know that till like, last week or something either, but, uh, yeah. No, I like this. Uh, This is the episode where we find out who the man is as well. Well, it was interesting because, like, our main character was about to go over and stab him, right? Because he had (laughs) fallen asleep. And his knife had fallen out of his hand as he's falling asleep, and uh, she saves him. And after saving him, she and and she ends up, because she saved him, she ends up getting killed by him, which is like the it's very the irony. And then it builds this mm-hmm. tension also to the uh, to the conclusion, I guess, which is in ep- the final episode. Oh yeah, no, it builds up perfectly because I was like, I was so angry at uh, at uh, our friend, uh, the stockbroker, because what he had done. Well, one thing is like uh, up until this point, we knew that the stockbroker was playing dirty, but yeah. the main character uh, John Ho did not. He knew something was going on, but all the times that he had done it done something to hurt him he had done it in a way where it was like maybe he did it on purpose maybe he didn't do it on purpose but this time it was mm-hmm. very clear he did this on purpose and he's against me like f- right at the kind of the very end of this uh penultimate episode uh episode nine one lucky day a final oh the final round presents another cruel test but this time how it ends depends on just one player the game's creator steps out of the shadows Mm-hmm. Why don't you go into this episode, I guess? 
the last episode. Yeah, no, this is. I love this episode because it's it's uh, both like ends the series in a good way. Uh, we now meet the old man uh, and find out like he was the inventor of it all, uh, and uh, and that he part he, of, he went back in the yeah. game because uh, he was gonna he was dying of cancer yep. right and so that was like his he. He had experienced it from the outside so many times that he was like, for my final, yep. like, big thing I want to do, I want to go back, I want to go into the game and try to win the game that I created, kind of, I guess, or at least experience mm. it, because, like, to uh -huh. feel alive, because what he said in that final scene is, like, once you get to a certain level of wealth, like, nothing is interesting anymore because you can have whatever you want, kind of. Yeah. Uh, that was super interesting, and we uh, see that our our hero doesn't go to the United States, but uh, turns around when, and uh, maybe there will be a season two. I don't think they should. I don't think they should just for the fact that like. No, they can't do something it. as yeah. good. It, no matter what they do, they're going to disappoint somebody. I yeah. mean, a lot of people yeah. will still enjoy it or whatever. But, uh, uh, well, one thing about the ending, uh, he gave away all of his money to the one woman and got the uh, one lady's son, I believe, or uh, and, mm -hmm. and took care of all of them. They're all taken care of. Then he's going to take off to America, but decides he's going to come back and go back into the game. I don't think you mentioned that part. Uh, yeah. So that uh, that would be where they would go with the second season as he goes back into the game to try to figure out... His whole idea is I want to figure out who's behind this and stop you, right? Um, mm. So that would be what would happen in the second season, I guess. Uh, another thing is, when did I predict the old man was behind this? Episode 2, maybe? 2. Yeah, episode 2, yeah. It was the episode... Where he was standing up on the bed and he's going, uh, during the, it was the first lockdown one. So maybe it was episode three. Uh, two or three, yeah. Yeah, something like it, that. Uh, very early. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that was predictable because I was just making a guess at the time, but it was like, there were uh -huh. certain clues. If you look at like the, over the show, one of them was like the very first game, he just goes and runs across the field and doesn't even like... Yeah like yeah. worry about it at all and in the yeah. first viewing you go oh it's because he's dying and he doesn't give a shit like if he dies or not and it's true but at the same time he's doing it because yeah. he knows the games he already knows what's mm -hmm. going to happen right and there's a good chance they wouldn't have shot him anyways because he's like their boss <laughs> so right yeah uh, TV news Apple came out with a bunch of new stuff this week uh and uh, they were going to show it on YouTube. Uh, some people wanted to abuse this. Somebody did. Uh, do we know who yet? Or no? Uh, nope. But there was an unofficial YouTube stream of an Apple event, which has drawn tens of thousands of viewers. Uh, as Apple's actual October Unleashed event was going live. Uh, however, this was a fake stream, and a lot of terrible things. Into oh. As a lot of things t terrible in 2021, it converted into a cryptocurrency scam. 
the YouTube stream somehow got 30,000 concurrent viewers. It helped wow. uh, that the YouTube search algorithm was heavily promoting it, and thanks to titles that included redesigned MacBook Pro, new AirPods mm. Pro, you know, like very interesting spam titles. The profile YouTube account was also a crude attempt at copying Apple's official presence. Um, the scam was rather simple as it promised if you donated a certain amount of Bitcoin to the wallet, they would airdrop you Ethereum in return. Of course, they would just keep the people's money. So, uh, Of course. Yeah, I guess. Why would anybody fall for this? I don't know, but people do. I don't know. My mom always said stupidest is stupidest. I just... Why would Apple be like, yeah, we're trading Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, actually, that's something I didn't mention when we were talking about cryptocurrency stuff earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Bitcoin just officially was traded on the stock market for the first time this week. Oh, okay. Let me look that up really quick. But yeah, uh... There was, like, some specific crypto. It's called e ETF Bit Bitto. It says it haul hauls in 570 million in assets in the stock in its stock market debut. The first ever exchange-traded fund backed by Bitcoin futures hauled in assets in the first day of trading. So, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, Netflix, uh, they are in trouble because of the Dave Chappelle special. Uh, we have two things that uh, points to that. Yeah, I saw Joe Rogan defending Dave Chappelle, and I, the, my first thought was, well, that's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it worse for the man. You should have just kept your mouth shut, Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know you're on the wrong side of history when Joe when, Rogan's when defending Dave you. Drew Rogan defending is yeah. Uh, Netflix fires employee for disclosing financial information about the special. Uh, Netflix said Friday that it had fired employee for disclosing confidential information. Uh, the employee who wasn't named shared. Confidential commercial sensitive information outside the company, Netflix said. We understand this employee may have been motivated by disappointing, disappointment and hurt with Netflix, but maintaining the, a culture of trust and transparency is core at our company. Yeah. Uh, the statement said the information was referring to a Bloomberg article which reported that Netflix spent $24 million on the closer. The show first aired last week. Uh, the article also mentioned lower budgets for a 2019 Chappelle special and Bo Burnham special and uh, the nine-episode hit Squid Game. Okay. Uh, so they fired them for releasing confidential information? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's uh, fair and square. Uh, yeah, if the person felt that, that it was important enough information to get out, that it was worth being fired, well, yeah. then they should... You know, take the consequence. Right, they so. knew they had to have known the possibility of this happening, and if they feel that, that it was worth it, then you know, good for them, I suppose. If that, yeah, yeah. it was important to them, then yeah. And uh, then the Netflix boss comes and says that he screwed it over, screwed up. Uh, sorry, over the Chappelle special. Right, there's. We talked about this a few weeks ago. There's a planned walkout for Netflix trans and allied workers. Tomorrow. 
Right, we talked... Oh, it's it's happening tomorrow. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago when this initially... Or maybe last week when it initially was talked about. Um, right, comments made by Dave Chappelle in a recent special... Ted, Ted Sandos, C, oh, co-CEO, said he screwed up over his response to employees and outrage with the company. Uh, Chappelle's special The Closer debuted on streaming services earlier this month and immediately came under fire from members and allies of the LGBTQ plus community, as well as Netflix employees who criticized it as being transphobic. In an interview with Variety published on the eve of the planned walkout, the network executive said he should have led with a lot more humanity in his internal responses to his employees. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He should have been more careful. Probably. He says, I had a group of employees that were... Oh, who were definitely feeling pain and hurt from the decision we made, and I think that needs to be acknowledged up front before I get... Uh, into the nuts and bolts of anything. I didn't think that that was uncharacteristic for me, and it was moving fast, and we were trying to answer some very spe- or really specific questions that were floating around. We landed on some things that were much more blanket and matter-of-fact uh, that not are... and matter-of-fact are not all that accurate. Okay. That sounds fairly genuine to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like... It doesn't sound like it was written like by a lawyer. And sometimes right. you can hear like that, you know, PR speech. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound like PR bullshit to me. One thing I forgot to ask you about is uh, what are we doing instead of Squid Game, Luke? Uh, right. Uh, next Friday, so in a couple days, uh, or today, if you're listening to this on Friday, October 22nd, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. comes out Inside Job on Netflix. We're going to watch that at least the next few episodes of it, see what it's like. Uh, it says it's uh-huh. about an antisocial genius, Reagan Ridley, and her dysfunctional team who work to hide the world's conspiracies. Okay. Uh, starring, well, I mean, voices of Bobby Lee, Andy Daly, Christian Slater. Uh, so, yeah, it's got a few different good voices. Oh, Trisha Campbell is also a voice in it. Lily nice. Chaplin. Uh, Brett, Brett Gelman. So yeah, a bunch of good people in here. Um, executive producers, Alec Hirsch, who, he did a few good, uh, he, he's done a few good different, uh, cartoons, um, right? What, what, what was the one that he did? Gravity Falls, I guess was Gravity like Falls, the big one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love Gravity Falls. Uh, and, uh, Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Uh, plug it to plug time, Luke. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go there, get a free book and a free trial, and they help out us out. There's not only books, you can also get what podcasts, all different kinds of things on there uh, for your audio pleasure. Uh, and if once you're on the free 30 days, there's also free books on there you can check out while you're on there. Cancel any time, uh, and they don't charge you as long as you cancel before 30 days. Uh, and it hel- helps us out, actually, so go do that. Mm-hmm. And that's audibletrial.com slash A-D-C. Uh, 
I don't have any movie news, so let's go directly into a movie I saw today, because it came out today. Oh, okay. Uh, this is Night Teeth, Night Teeth, uh, on uh, Netflix. Okay. This is a horror action? Horror action. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, with uh, Debbie Ryan. That was uh, the only reason I wanted to see it. Okay. Loved uh, Debbie uh, Ryan. Uh, this is such a stupid movie. You're going to love it. Uh. The name <laughs> is very interesting. I, it, the name is either terrifying or silly. I can't tell which one. Uh, okay, so... It is about this guy uh, called Benny uh, that uh, is this chauffeur one night and then he has two mysterious young women that are like going to have him for a driver around Los Angeles for party hopping and yeah and then he soon learns that his passengers have um, another plan for him and uh, they also have a very insatiable thirst because they are vampires uh, and that is the <laughs> That, that is the movie. Okay. Very, 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 very fun. To totally brainless. Uh, this was maybe... I needed this today because I was kind of in a strange bad mood. Uh, when I watched this, I, I smiled. It's not a good movie by any... Uh, it's not going to win any Oscars, but I needed it, so... I'm going to give it a 4.5 and actually recommend it. Alright, I saw a 2019 movie called Escape Room, Fro. Um, <laughs> okay. It's about, well, it's about a bunch of people who join a game, which is very similar mm -hmm. to Squid Game, actually. These movies kind of almost like... Or this movie and... Squid Game kind of overlap in like stylistic choices, I guess, because it's about mm -hmm. a group of people who have to go through a set of games. But in this case, they're an escape, they're escape rooms, deadly escape rooms, and then one of them ends up winning a bunch of money at the end. So it's very similar uh, in concept. But uh, I, I, this is not as um, meaningful in the sense that there's no like allegory to the cap capitalist society drive driving a nail into people's hearts to force them to uh, to do their bidding this is just more like fun goofy what uh slasher kind of kind of similar to saw or something like that type movie mm. um yeah i mean it's nothing special it's nothing terrible i'll give it a 6 i saw madras uh this is a amazon original a uh, movie in with Bloomhouse. Uh, this is a horror uh, about this Mexican American couple uh, in the nineteen seventies. Um, do you know what I don't like in my horror movies, Luke? What? I hate a spice when a movie is being a propaganda movie. Sure. Even though I agree with the propaganda that is spewed. So this is very democratic 
uh, views that are spewed over this movie about like how awfully hard it is to come into the United States and how we should be more careful of treating people and things like that. I don't disagree with with the stance of it, but it feels like it's made because of that and not because it's it wants to be a good movie. Sure. It feels like it wants to, to tell that propaganda story instead of like trying to actually be a good movie. And I don't really... Well, you got, like no matter what, when you're... Well, usually when you're writing a script or when you're directing a movie, you're coming in with some type of idea of a, 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 a concept you want to get across. It's not always directly... And so, yeah, maybe that was just the concept they were trying to get across. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to see it, I guess, though. I give it a three. Guess what the next movie I saw was, bro? I don't know. Escape Room Termin Tournament of Champions. <laughs> Why? Why did you watch this? Okay. I have to say before you say it, this is so much worse than the first one. Uh, Well, actually, the ending I really liked. Maybe you have the to watch... The ending is better. Maybe you have to watch them in, the, in a row, but the ending you only make sense if you've seen the first movie. So yes. in that way, you have to have watched the first movie to watch the second yes. movie. I'm going to say that right now. Like if you're yes. somebody who's like, cause escape room tournament tournament of champions just came out. What in July it says, mm -hmm. um, mid July. So if you were like, I want to watch that movie. Do I have to see the first one? The answer is absolutely yes. And I wouldn't, mm -hmm. you, I didn't watch them in a row, but I think I watched them like one, one, one day and one the next day. Um, and I wouldn't say one is better than the other. I, well, yeah, the acting is definitely better in the first one. I think it has better mm -hmm. actors. The second one is very, it's a lot cheesier. Uh, some of the rooms aren't as interesting. Uh, but the ending is super interesting just because of how it ties everything back together to the first yes. one. And so yes. in that way, I can see how it could like create a continuing, um, universe for this type for the what the t the escape room universe i guess where you can build on uh -huh. that on that uh concept that's that goes through both movies i guess uh i don't know this one i'd probably give a a 5.5 5. they're pretty close i mean they're very similar obviously uh just one of them is a little better acted i thought hmm uh, I saw a Frank Grillo movie this week. Oh, uh, my fave. Yeah. Uh, Body Brokers. Uh, this is uh, about a guy that is on heroin uh, that uh, goes to this Los Angeles treatment. Hey, did Okay, so you remember when I said that I hate, like, uh, propaganda movies in my horror movies? Sure. This is also propaganda. But this was propaganda that I liked. Uh, but uh, uh, it is a documentary crime thriller. But huh. it's, yeah. Uh, but it's a crime thriller first and documentary afterwards because you have this voice of uh, of uh, Michael Ken Kenneth Williams through the movie that's like telling you facts about like how much money the United States use on on drugs, uh, fighting drugs and things like that. 
very, very interesting movie. I liked it as much as you probably could. Uh, this has a 6.2 rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Hold your horses, Luke. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Huh, okay. I did not think I would like this. And I I bought this. I cried. I, I yeah, this is maybe my favorite movie of this year. Uh... This is the one I'm about to talk about is not my favorite movie of the year, I guess. It's called Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> uh, this movie was, I also saw this. <laughs> you saw it this week? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It is very dumb. I don't even know what to say other than that. <laughs> it definitely feels like it was made by the same people who made Pixels. If anybody ever yeah. saw Pixels, it's got the Luke, it's got, this, Yeah. It's got all these uh, internet personalities who like really aren't like it's got ninja in it and stuff and it, he's so not even a thing anymore <laughs> and this was on your list of the best movies that you were looking forward to this year <laughs> i think it was on my list last year too yeah i mean the concept is super interesting it just stay try too hard to make it like uh oh internet kids kind of thing mm -hmm. like oh look Fortnite dance it's like oh my gosh really uh mm -hmm. that part of it like the pandering to the internet crowd but really being so cringy in the way you're doing it like there's a there's a level of aware self-awareness on in the, on the internet that like they're not at where they're doing things for, that are internet memes or whatever, that, that they're not self-aware that they they look stupid doing it, I guess. Uh, where sometimes you can get away with those kind of memes, but doing it in an ironic way, if that makes sense. Where this is not, I guess, is my point. Like, you could ironically floss on somebody, but doing it in a movie and acting like, oh, look how cool he is, like, that's where it gets cringy. This feel, felt like uh, if Pixels and uh, what was that other movie that was a, a just like this, uh, Ready Player One had a child. <laughs> I thought Ready Player One was like miles above this movie, to be honest. And that's not that's not saying very much, but it, like, no. I would watch Ready Player One again any day before I'd watch this. But this, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was such a silly movie. I liked the ending, though. Uh, I, I just thought the whole thing was just very cringe. That's all I'm going to say. People just... I I would say people should watch it just because of how cringe it is, to be honest. I give it a 2. Uh, I'll give it a 1.5. Ooh. A movie I hope you don't give it 1.5 to is The Trip. Or as it's called in Norwegian, in bad days. Sorry, in bad day. Say that again. In bad days. Oh, okay. I like uh, the so name the trip. So I think the name the trip works really well. I don't understand in bad days, but maybe it's a yeah. So it's in good in bad days. Like I married. Oh, like the, how they say like when they say yeah. when you're getting married, like yes. for, for go goodness and good days and bad or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Sickness and health, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's about a married couple who despise each other, but they go on a trip to a, yep. a cabin, a cabin 
But then we realize that they just both want to kill each other, right? <laughs> because there's some type... That is the premise of the movie. <laughs> there's some type of uh, trust fund or like... Oh, insurance. It was insurance, insurance money. Insurance, yes. Yeah. But there's like insurance Even money that it, if one of them dies, the other one gets it. So uh, because they're both like in... Well, she's an actress and he's a director, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So they're almost inherently connected as far as, like, actor-director type uh, couple. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's the... They both hate each other and they want the money. Uh, but mm-hmm. then... Uh, Something happens. Multiple things happen, I guess, right? Yes. Cause, yes. Like, you get, we're not going to spoil it. Well, I can kind of <laughs> describe the how it's built. It's like there's the one story you initially start with, and then that story gets folded into a second story... That we mm-hmm. go back and we see the beginning of that story, and then a third story where we go back and we see the beginning of the, that story, and they all those stories fold together to make the, the make the film, right? That's a way to put it without ruining anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that way, it's very well uh, written, written and directed because the way it all flows together seamlessly with all those oh, complicated so uh, separate yeah. stories is. Uh, is very well done. This I'd give an 8.5. I love this. Uh, very, very funny. Uh, the best movie, Norwegian movie I've seen in quite a long time. Yeah, it is no. very comedic. Uh, it is it's a horror movie. Very, there are very... Like, it, if you're squeamish <laughs> around blood or anything like that, this is not... It's very bloody, but it also has comedic elements to it, I guess. I, it's definitely is... a comedy horror. I almost it's mm-hmm. got um not the hunt. What was the other one that was very similar to the hunt that we saw recently, where it's like the family. Yeah. Uh. I, I, yeah. Well. Yeah. But this is the director of Dead Snow. Did you ever watch Dead Snow? No, I know what. It, that's the one with the Nazi zombies. Yeah. I never yeah. saw it. I've seen the I've seen the commercial for it though. So funny. Love Dead Snow and Dead Snow too, but yeah, uh, very fun movie. That was the last movie I saw this week. All right, well, let's watch a trailer for another movie that came out, Halloween Kills. Burn, motherfucker, burn! This is the end of the last movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got got. Oh, we got got boom boom boom. It would have been cooler if when he walked out of the house, he was like on fire and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, the last one was so good. I wonder if this is going to be as good. Look, hint, hint. I don't think so. Why would you, like, after all these times of him coming back, why would you ever be like, no, it's over. Really? It's over? (laughs) Yeah, no. Ain't over to the fat women's things. Even then, in the Halloween movies, it's not over. He still comes back. (laughs) He always comes back. The next one is called Halloween Ends. 
Still coming back. Might be a few years, but it'll come back. <laughs> Probably one of the worst and best <laughs> movies like this is Freddy vs. Jason, because it was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, Freddy vs. Jason was so good. It was great and terrible all at the same time. Jason X also was amazing. I don't remember that when one, he, but I probably saw it. That was when he was in space. Oh, yeah, yeah, one? okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know you've seen that one. They always have to go to space eventually. It's like yes. the inevitable conclusion to any horror movie franchise. Oh, the music is so good, though. Yeah, it's kind of updated right there. They got a little yeah. updated version of it. So, look, what is this uh, Shirley Oscar-nominated movie all about? <laughs> the nightmare isn't over as unstoppable Michael Myers escapes from L Laura's Laurie Strode's trap to continue his ritual bloodbath. Injured and taken to the hospital, Laurie fights through her pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield, Illinois to rise up against Myers. Taking matter into their own hand, the Strode women and other survivors from a vigilante mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. Uh, 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, 42% on Metacritic, 75% of Google users liked it. Uh, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, a few other people. Huh. Uh, Richard Johnson has quite a long one. I uh, gave it two stars, but uh, it says, Evil dies tonight. Oh boy. First, was this a comedy? A social satire? A slasher movie? I have no idea what it wanted to be. It wasn't suspenseful. It wasn't scary. And I feel like Quentin Tarantino was consulted for the hilarious murders of all the firefighters. This movie blames you, the viewer, for keeping Michael alive with your bloodlust. You are the mob. You are being mocked with every evil dice tonight chant. I was looking forward to this movie, but I'm glad I didn't waste my money on it. Really? So, who, have you seen it or haven't you? <laughs> uh, maybe they stole, maybe they pirated it. Is it maybe? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that was funny. Okay, that was a bad one, so I should probably do a good one, right? Let's see. Uh, I went to the Facebook. Amy Sykes says, I loved it, even for its silliness. It's part of my childhood, and you get to relive it again. The flashbacks were great, and I love see seeing some of the actors and actresses from the original film. Uh, Sharon Bergalia says, Just saw the movie. It was awesome. Very well done, John Carpenter. But... Kendall Halverson says, I just didn't feel up to par with the others, especially the 2018 version. There seemed to be an excessive amount of killing to make up for some of the lackluster parts. I really can't stand the granddaughter. She's like nothing. Oh, she's nothing like the mother or the granddaughter. Grandmother. Poor choices all around. Uh, and Francesca Nolan says, okay, please just stop making these movies. It's no way he should be coming back. This movie sucks. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I liked the uh, the new one that was two years ago. It was really, really good. And too bad they fucked it up with this one. Uh, also coming out this one week was Hard Luck Love Song. Uh, this has uh, six out of ten on IMDb, thirty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, three out of five on IndieWire. A chance encounter with the old love and a series of bad decisions place down uh, place a down on his luck troubadour at uh, ex existential crossroad. Directed by the Blair Brothers, are they uh, in contact with the Blair Witch Project? You think? There must be. Uh... Another movie, The Grand Duke of Corsica. Alfred Rott is a cantankerous architect who embarks on an unusual commission for an eccentric billionaire who calls himself the Grand Duke of Corsica. As this deadly malaria epidemic hits the island and causes panic, Alfred remains to finish the job. Uh, let's see, 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. Let's see who I, it's got... Timothy Cullenworth, Alicia Agenson, and Peter Stormeyer. Uh, the Blazing World uh, is a horror movie with 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75% of Google users like this movie. Decades after the accidental droning of her twin sister, a self-destructive woman, returns to her family home, finding herself drawn uh, to an alternative dimension where her sibling may still be alive. With Carson Young. I know who that is. Uh, the Last Duel. Uh, Jean de something is respected knight, known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Jacques Le Grizz is a squire whose intelligence and eloquence make him one of the most admired nobles of the court. When Le Grizz viciously assaults Carge's wife, she steps forward to accuse her attacker, an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. The ensuing... This <laughs> is like laughing in the background. The ensuing trial by combat, a grueling duel to the death, places the fate of all three in God's hands. Uh, what was his name? Uh, which one? Jean de something. Uh, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.7 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 4.2 out of 5 on Facebook, 84% of Google users liked it. Looks like it's got Adam Driver in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love when you name people something for last name. Uh, Monster Family 2. I did not see the first one. Uh, it's an animated family film. Baba Yaga and Rainsfeld are captured by a monster hunter, so Wishbone family once again transform into vampire Frankenstein monster and a mummy and a werewolf in bid to free them. With Emily Watson, Nick Frost, Jessica Brown, Finlay, Catherine Tate. Uh, no, oh, 7.2 out of 10 on MDB, 1 out of 5 from our friends Common Sense Media. Huh, okay. That's pretty low for them. Uh, Bergman Island, 
Two American filmmakers retreat to the Faroe Islands for a summer and hope for oh hope to find inspiration where Bergman shot his most celebrated films. As the days pass by, the lines between fantasy and reality begin to blur, and the couple is torn apart. Mm, that kind of sounds interesting. Six point seven out of ten on NAB. Eighty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty-two percent on Metacritic. Seventy-two percent of Google users liked it. Directed by Mia Hansen Love. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which movie do you want to see the most? I'm going to go with Bergman Island. Jeez. I don't, I'm not really into any of these, but I think you're right. That one looks the most interesting. Uh, or maybe Hard Luck Song. No, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with the other one. Hmm. Bergman Island. Maybe the last... Maybe the last two will just see what his last name was. <laughs> Bergman Island seems like a psychological thriller. That that could yeah. be good. Uh, next week, we will talk news of the week. We will talk movies and TVs of the week. We will do another uh, review of the French Dispatch that I know is based on the book. So I read the book. It's a Wes Anderson Isn't film, that... right? Yeah. Yeah. I maybe I'm thinking of a different uh, book then because isn't that a book by b b b the guy that always always writes crime novels? I don't know. Oh. And then we will do inside a job episode one. Yeah, cartoon. Uh, hopefully, it's good. Uh, I don't have anything for the Jeremy Round, almost. Uh, I didn't write anything down, either. Uh, well, actually, let me look in my little Jeremy Round folder. I probably have something in there. Why are you not opening? Uh, oh, that, that's, uh, ah, the whole Gabby Petito thing. Um. Oh, yeah. They found some of his clothing in Florida, apparently? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the other thing was, like, there was a guy who was looked just like Brian Laundrie, the guy who's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. they're searching that for. That has been insulted by the media, yeah. Poor guy. Apparently he was, like, actually tackled by police because he, they thought it was him. <laughs> um, oh, U.S. Marshals. Uh, right. That, yeah. Apparently, U.S. Marshals saw him. Next thing I see is a bunch of guys with riot shields and U.S. Marshals written on them. Beckworth told the outlet, with handguns pointed in my face. The U.S. Marshals showed Beckworth a photograph of himself taken by employees. So, yeah, the employees of the park saw him and were like, that guy looks just like that dude. So, yeah, uh, that <laughs> happened. Those those are some stuff that happened, I guess. <laughs> I feel so sad for him. Like, just because he looks like that. Uh, that has to be so incredibly frustrating. Right. I, I uh, Grow out some facial hair, probably get like wear a hat all the time. You get some, glass, mm. some glasses, even if you don't have like astigmatism or anything. Just get some of those glasses that are just, you know, so you look a little different. Probably a good idea for at least a few months um, or until the guy gets caught, probably. Uh, yeah. Anything else YouTube-wise? Batman trailer? Did you watch the new Batman trailer? No, you know I don't care about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You care so much about Batman. Yeah, no, not so much. Uh, not really a big deal to me. I was happy about it. It looked cool. Uh, Sideman, if he wants to be a millionaire, that was fun. I like the Sidemen sometimes. I don't, I don't subscribe to them, but occasionally I'll get recommended. I didn't get recommended that, but maybe I should check it out if it's good. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it was very, very fun. Oh, the Harambe statue in New York? Oh, yeah. There's that. That was so funny. Um, yeah. That meme is still around. That's that's a meme that's blasted, what? How long has it been? It's been at least like long. five or six years for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I don't really have any... Oh, uh, Shane Dawson is back. I think we talked about that last week, pretty much. Oh, we did. Yeah. But then he came out and made, like, a second video or whatever, so... Uh, yeah, it's, I think that's kind of blown over to a degree. I saw this morning that the Ace family's house was actually up I for sold. sale. Yeah, yeah uh, they sold it. Did they sell it? I had seen... Yes. What I heard yeah. is that it was up for auction and that nobody bid and on go, it. Yeah, and it went back to the bank. Oh, so the bank owns it now. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I guess the only thing I have left is when you were talking about Frank Grillo earlier, uh, that you'd watched a movie with him in it. Can we make a Food Network TV show called Grillin' with Grillo, where he just... <laughs> he shows you how to make, like, the best backyard burger, or, like, shows you how to make a brisket in, like, a slow cooker, smoker... Can that be a thing? <laughs> amazing. Amazing idea. Amazing, amazing, amazing idea. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think that's it. Alright. If you don't have anything more interesting to... Well, there was the one video on... What's his name? Uh, Sam, C or Sam Pepper. I almost said Sam C Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know how bad Sam Pepper is, but there is a whole thing... Of from G. Aubrey, which I don't think he went into the thing that he missed out of the, that whole video is like Sam Pepper has been behind a lot of these crypto scams that have been going on, uh -huh. uh, which I thought is an interesting connection back to our show. Cause we've talked a lot about crypto already on the show. Yeah. And then the Nelk boys from HG. Oh, that was good. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. That was this week. Wasn't it? I mean, the Nelk thing is funny, but a more interesting thing, I think, is the return of Content Court, which they kind of said was never going to come back. And I think just so many people were like, we want Content Court, we want Content Court. Because, like, yeah. it was, for me, they were doing, like, I had watched a few H3 podcasts and stuff before Content Court, but that was uh -huh. what really hooked me on, like, watching all most of their podcasts. And then, of course, Frenemies came along, and it really... That's when the whole thing really exploded, but... Content Court was really one of their better shows, so I'm glad they brought that back. It is so good, and it was so funny on the Nelk Boys as well. I mean, who would you want to see but... them do the next one on? You how, Can you think of anybody, like, right off the top of your head? Ricegum. Well, they did a content <laughs> cop, or iDubs did a content cop on him, yeah. but Ricegum, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. now, because there's been so many new things, he kind of, like, got kicked off of the internet and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah there's got to be some, somebody, oh, I know, Candy Ken. 
That's who I want oh, to see one. Oh, Candy Can. That's good. That would be a great content court. That would be very, very, very fun. Okay, now I'm I'm done talking to you, Luke. Because uh, you sound so tired what? right now. I I don't I'm, think anybody could have so told. Tired. To, it, no, I, up until right now, <laughs> you didn't really sound tired, but you sound tired. <laughs> I haven't slept good for two, three days. Apparently, so I've been like, taking your sleep because I'm crazy insomniac, and the last couple days I've been sleeping really well. I think it's because I've uh, been doing a lot of like physical labor, and that makes me sleep well, but... Ugh, physical labor. I know, oh. right? But ugh. I've been passing out every night, which is good, but as Fro knows, I also push myself too far sometimes, so... You? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Not you. Never ever done that since we known each other. Right. Never ever. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Another, di- another digital. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another citizen. Another citizen. Another citizen.